Hey everyone, welcome to episode 12 of The League Life. My name is Sam Schnazzy, they call me Schnaz. I'm here with my friend Nathan Brooks. We call him Brooksy, we love him, he's a great man. Brooksy, how are you doing this fine morning? Good, thank you, Schnaz. Uh, I'm very well, I've got my coffee, I'm sitting down at home, ready to bust out another episode of The League Life. We have to thank everyone for their encouragement and support during the week episode 11 was received really well. It's still out there for everyone to listen. This is a quick follow-up from the last one. It's a little bit different to how we've done things in the past. We wanted to surprise you, get in there nice and early and talk some more footy with you. Brooksy, how has your week been since we last spoke? Yeah, good. Obviously, we've been preparing for round two of the NRL at work and doing a bit of stuff with regards to the A-League, which is cool. Something new from what I was doing before with the NBL. I'm still hammering out House of Cards, Schnaz. I've knocked over a few more episodes. No one's spoken to me about it. Mm. No, it seems no like no one's watching it. Can someone please, I need someone to debrief with, someone please message me on any of the forms that we've got on social media regarding House of Cards. I need to talk to someone about it. It's a very hectic season. It's amazing. I suggest if you've got Netflix, start watching it. If you haven't, if you haven't caught up to date with it, start from season one, build your way back up. It's it's an awesome show. Kevin Spacey, Robin Wright, unbelievable performances. And also, Schnaz, yep. one of your favorites is in it, Neve Campbell from Party 05. The world knows that I'm a big Nev fan. Nev or Neve, I never get it right, but I'm sure once I marry her, I'll know her name. I, I do the to... same thing with Eva Mendes. Eva, Eva Mendes, like it's, it's hard. Who cares? They're awesome. They are both awesome. Brooksy... As stated earlier on another episode, I have watched a little bit of House of Cards. I have to catch up. And now that Ms. Campbell is in the show, I'm determined to do it. So I might be a little bit behind you, but I'll get there. But I do encourage all of our listeners to get in touch with Brooksy. He's great to chat about TV, as you can hear right now. I have to say, I haven't had a lot of time to watch TV, which pains me. It saddens me. TV is one of my favorite things in the whole world. I have been listening to a few podcasts of late, and one that caught my eye this morning caught my ear even, I should say, Brooksy, was The Front Row. It's a rugby podcast, and some of our some of our colleagues at Fox Sports are behind it. I don't believe it's Fox Sports driven, but it's very good. I'm not a rugby fan, but I enjoyed listening to it. It's clear, it's concise, it's entertaining. So please go check out that podcast and tell them we sent you. So yeah, Schnaz, it's uh, Robbie Feldman in the rugby department with one of our colleagues, Kate Lorimer, and they're bringing in... Uh, people on a week-to-week basis uh, to talk rugby. It's a, you know a lot of rugby league fans are rugby union fans, Super Rugby fans, Wallabies fans. I suggest if you've got the time, give it give it a go. It's very good, and it's kept me up to date with what's happening with the Super Rugby season. All right, now Monday night NRL action. Your Dragons, who I'm facing in the derby this week, by the way. Your Dragons went down just to the Melbourne Storm. It was a really entertaining game. I thought it was one of the better games of the weekend. Uh, how do you feel about the loss? We are always robbed down there in Melbourne. No, nah, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. I thought I'd start, see how you went. No. Look, it was a really good game. I enjoyed it. There was a few decisions, but that's rugby league. Like, seriously, over the course of the season, mm. things like that happen. Uh, I, I was... I was at work on Monday night and there was a few people uh, with me at the time. I was blowing up during the game, but the crosses to Craig Bellamy up in the box just changed my 
position somewhat every time that happened. I couldn't stop laughing at the blow-ups. <laughs> and we did touch on this a couple of episodes ago about having maybe even a fixed camera throughout the game that people can tap into online and watch what Craig's doing. Uh, but yeah, it was quite funny and obviously it was reported on Matty Johns uh, straight after the game and other shows. It's it's something to behold. It's a game within the game, Schnaz. Look, he's a complex man. He's competitive as heck and he's a great coach, wonderful coach. His, his record stands for itself. But you and I have often talked about Craig Bellamy and what a complex man he is and it is intriguing. It's very funny. It's, it's extremely funny to watch. But it's also just uh, mesmerizing and I kind of wish sometimes that, you know, coaches of teams that I support had that kind of aggression about them because it means that he really cares. It doesn't mean he's just angry. It means he cares about what's going on. It means he expects the highest standard from his team. I'm fascinated when they do lose a game and he'll just come out in the press conference and he'll say things like, we weren't good enough, that was ugly, we're going to lift at training. Like, he addresses things. He doesn't hide from things. And I guess that's part of his persona. He's such an honest dude. I do worry about his health sometimes. He's a fit man, but... And the people in the box with him. Oh, there was a, there was that famous scene on Monday night, the one they kept re- replaying throughout the week. And the guy next to him, if you look at that on replay, the guy next to him just kind of doesn't know what to do. And we've seen in past seasons when Kevin Walters was the assistant coach, he just has this, they have this blank face and it's like, I don't know how to react and I hope yeah. to God he doesn't kill me. I wonder how he is away from that. I wonder how he is at halftime before the game. I wonder how he is during the week. I actually think he'd be a lot calmer figure at training and then address things when needed. I think the blow-ups are, are reserved for, for match day. I, I really do. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you that question just on the back of what you were saying and and that's what I thought. He couldn't keep that going at training throughout the week, that intensity, yes. You can have that there with regards to putting the boys through the drills and, and, and just going through a day-to-day training regime but it would wear pretty thin and that's what he's been there for a very long time now, Schnaz, and I was thinking about Cam Smith and Billy Slater as well. Very intense on the field, uh, particularly Smith with the referees. He's talking all the time. Billy just in tackles, catching bombs, like he, he's throwing his legs out. He's putting big hits on. Like he, he's, They're both intense characters on the field. But, but you must admit, like when they're off the field, they're very easygoing. Cam Smith is one of the more easygoing guys in the league. Like he's very good in front of the camera and – I think Craig would probably be the same. And I, I have to agree with you there, Shnaz. Like I think that it, they wouldn't be able to sustain the success if he was like that all the time. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he would have a job at the one place no matter what the success rate was like if he was carrying on that way 24 hours a day. We do know that he's an extremely hard worker. He, I know most NRL coaches, if not all, work you know, huge hours during the day, during the season. They rarely get time off at all. They rarely sleep. But we know for a fact that he's in there first and the last one to leave. His, his work ethic can never be denied. He's re-signed for a few more years, which is a, a great thing for the club and for him. But, yeah, I look at guys like Smith Slater, my boy, Cooper Cronk. They're pretty chilled figures off the field. And you would have to think that working under a man like that, you're influenced by him and and... I mean, and until we until we are flies on the wall at their training, we'd have to assume 
he's a relaxed enough kind of guy. I mean, obviously he has a high standard of what he wants, but he's not yelling every minute of every day. And I, I guess it all builds up to game time, Brooksy, and it's like us as fans. We're just like, oh, come on, you've got to do this. This is your time. But he's obviously got so much at stake and he's invested so much in it. If someone drops a ball on the 10-metre line, he's just going to, you know. The one I love, Brooksy, is when he gets the hand and the finger gyrating. <laughs> and, he see, and it's more towards a referee. or an, It's actually always at a referee. And, and, he, and that's when you know there's trouble. And the one where he storms off as well. No pun intended. No pun intended. Yeah, but that's like, I, I was thinking too, like, again, wouldn't it be great to have access to the storm in terms of what they do on a week basis, you know? It would just have to be like a, a doco style, yeah. you know, go through the training, go through the speeches, you know, obviously looking at the tactics that they um, that they, they will carry out in the game, then having a look from the coach's perspective as well as like maybe a trainer on the field and and put it all together. Like that's that's the only way we'll be able to see it as fans. If Fox or Nine, you know, gave us the ability to look at that, I think, it would paint the storm in a totally different picture to what we're seeing in terms of on the field, up in the commentary box. Because, yeah, it would be a well. I reckon I would see, you would see this well-oiled machine. Yeah. There's a very tactical way of playing out 80 minutes each week, and yeah, I think it's there to be spiked. Schnaz, it's just it just seems like a no-brainer in terms of getting that information to the public. I think we're getting closer, Brooksy. Shows like Sterlow get you on the field, a day in the life of the footballer, which is something you and I crave. Like, we're longing for this sort of thing on a regular basis. I think with the NRL channel coming up next year, they'll look into more things like that. It'll be up to the teams as to how much access they want to give to the NRL. But we're into round two, Brooksy. The podcast is going to drop after the game just due to time restraints and that kind of thing. Let's have a little bit of fun. We've got Penrith at home to the Canterbury Bulldogs. What team changes you got there for me? All right, Schnaz. So we've got a few changes for both the Panthers and the Dogs, primarily at hooker. So it looks as though the Panthers have got Tyron Peachy in at number nine this week for James Seguiaro. And the Dogs will have Craig Garvey replacing Michael Leisha. But... Two big inclusions on the bench for both teams. Elijah Taylor, who missed round one, he'll be on the bench for the Panthers, hard worker. And Dave Clemmer, he returns from suspension. He'll be on the bench in jersey number 16 for the Bulldogs. So another game where it seems as though it's going to be fought out in the forwards. Tolman and Graham were awesome last week. We touched on that in the round one review. Uh, Campbell... Gillard, Regan Campbell-Gillard will come up against them in the front row with Sam McKendry. That'll be a good test for the Panthers. Panthers have a very underrated pack, I think. You know, Trent Merrin played really well last week. It's, it's going to be a battle in the forwards, I think, Schnaz. What do you think? Brooksy, I think uh, whichever halves combination can be more dominant will most likely win the match. I'm not sold on Soward and Wallace. They're professional, experienced not a bad kicking game, but you need to be so creative these days in the NRL. It's so hard to score a try in a lot of ways because the plays are so, are so repetitive and everyone does very similar plays. I look at the Bulldogs and we all know I'm not a big Josh Reynolds man, but he played pretty good last week and Mbai was outstanding. So, And they are probably the more creative two out of the four halves playing. I agree with you with the forwards. I think it's going to be a great clash. It's a shame there's some injuries for both teams. 
Uh, I noticed the young fella in the centres for the Bulldogs. Is it Kerrod? Kerrod Holland. Kerrod Holland. He, he's a point-scoring machine. He scored the second most amount of points for New South Wales Cup last year in the entire competition. Yep. And he's getting his chance this week, so it'll be good to see how he goes. I'm going to have a bit of fun here, Brooksy. I'm going to predict the game. How does it play out? How does it play out? Bulldogs win by eight points, and largely, as you've suggested, through the forwards. I think Clemens is going to go nuts. I'm going to go the opposite of you, Schnaz. I think the Panthers are going to win, and it's going to be it's going to be on the proviso that Tyrone Peachy has an absolute barnstorming game at hooker. And with Seguiaro out, there was talk that Cam King could come to the club from Para. You know, he's obviously got bloodline connections with Brandy Alexander, mm. but I think Tyrone Peachy sees this as an opportunity. He's going to run at that pack out of dummy half. He's going to provide a lot for his for his halves, but also really push the dogs back in in every set that they have. I don't think he's going to play 80 minutes, but when he's on, he's going to be a handful. Uh, and I think the wingers are going to benefit from this. So I'm predicting the Panthers are going to have a pretty high-scoring game with a couple of, maybe a couple of doubles out in the wings, Mansour and Watin Zalesniak scoring some tries. So my prediction... Penrith probably 28-16 over the Bulldogs. It's very thorough. How about that? I like it. I'm just going to use this opportunity <laughs> to one more time, years later, tell the world that my heart was shattered in 4,003 pieces by my club, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, when they let Tyrone Peachy go. I don't care what the circumstances were. I don't care who offered more money to who and all that kind of thing. They should never, ever have let this guy go, and I'm still bitter about it. I agree with you. He could be a revelation at hooker. He's such a creative little fella. My heart will break in just as many pieces if I see Sally pieces. Fitzgibbons on the sideline with a Panthers scarf around her neck when Trent Merrin scores a try. i got to say, Brooksy, there might be a good chance you might see that, particularly I- the fact that Channel 9 is covering the game. Yeah, there's, I reckon there's going to be something, and it's going to be like Ralph when... Uh, Lisa says she doesn't want to be with him on Valentine's Day. You'll be able to see the hearts breaking of Dragons fans in your living room if you do live with one as soon as oh. you see that. She's our, she's our number one fan. And if she, has the, if she has a Panthers scarf on tonight, I'm going to be shattered. She might have one of those half and half scarves. <laughs> she could do. And red and white doesn't really blend into pink or uh, black or brown <laughs> very well. So we'll see what happens. Actually, if it's pink, you know, there might you could probably say that it is a dragon scarf. But uh, yeah, you, you just uh, you just scarred me for life by suggesting someone lives with a dragons fan. Oh my god! Oh, there would be a few people around the world. Friday night football. Live on Channel 9, Fox Sports, all the sort of radio you can think of. We have the Brisbane Broncos, premiership favourites, playing the Warriors, who were pretty disappointing, up at Suncorp Stadium Friday night. What's your take on this one? Yeah, it would be interesting to see how the Warriors bounce back after that horrendous first-half performance against the Tigers. They're pretty much putting in a... A similar side. There's only one change. Obviously, Ben Henry, who went down in uh, the Tigers game, he's out, looks like, for the season. Bodine Thompson starts for him in the back row. And Raymond Fatala Mariner will come onto the bench. The Broncos, Jack Reed's back. Mm-hmm. He replaces Jordan Carhu, who was injured, who had a thigh injury on Thursday night against the Eels. So, 
both teams are relatively the same. Um, they don't obviously the Broncos don't lose too much with uh, Jack Reed being in the side, and I, I, I can probably it's probably safe to say the same for the Warriors. The Warriors have got that one game under their belt, as we mentioned before. Isaac Luke, two of us are Sheck, new combinations forming. Yeah, they they worked well at the nines, but obviously it's a totally different kettle of fish there. The Warriors have done pretty well against the Broncos in previous seasons. The head-to-head isn't that lopsided at all. Brooksy, you'll notice on the night, on the coverage, they have amazing support in Brisbane. I know there's a lot of Warriors fans around Australia in different pockets of, of the country, but I always notice there are so many fans in Brisbane, and they must come from different parts of Queensland. It's their one time to see the Warriors. So they'll have a lot of support there. Obviously not as much as the home team, but uh, this this could go either way, mate. This could this could be a really, really big loss to the Warriors, I feel. Or or they could they could bounce back. I know it's an obvious statement, but I just I think they're gonna be that classic Warriors team this year. It's there's so much expectation, but they can't bounce back completely and, and win by a whole lot against this Brisbane team. It's a classy, classy outfit. I think the Broncos are gonna win, but it'll be very interesting to see how the Warriors react to last week because the first half was bordering on pathetic. Yeah, you look at... I was just looking at the past few clashes between these teams. They've actually been quite close, apart from a Warriors 56-18 to win against Brisbane in 2013 up at Suncorp. So mm. I guess in, in past clashes, they match up quite well with the Broncos. And that's where I, I think we're in for a really good game. You know, we, we had a bit of a stinker in Thursday night last week with the Broncos, but I think they're going to be matched up with a team that's going to throw everything at the Broncos and that's just going to promote a very fast-paced game. I think this is one, uh, if you're not watching live, you need to record this one or watch it the next day because it's going to be a cracker. May not the loose ball, Prozer, and I, I, not the best of passes, but it may well set up a try for Gagai. Have a look at him. Dane Gagai. Burrow, oh, he gets him. He may have lost that now. Dane Gagai goes over for the try. So, Schnaz, Saturday, 3 p.m., Raiders-Roosters. The Raiders had a couple of key injuries in round one. They got the win, but, geez, they, they've lost a few uh, for round two with Aiden Caesar and Blake Austin out for around four to six weeks. We've got the new halves coming in, Lachlan Croker and Sam Williams, who we've talked about in previous apps. What do you think of this game, Schnaz? Do you think the uh, Raiders can get another home win or and the Roosters obviously start 0-2? Or do you think the Roosters can bounce back from the loss to the Rabbitohs? I think it's going to be a close game, Brooksy. I think the Roosters will ob- obviously have to improve. I think the halves for the Raiders will go all right. Like They're two pretty good young players. I'm really, really disheartened for, for Raiders fans losing both their halves for a number of weeks. That was their strength this year in guys like Caesar and, and Austin. So it's disappointing, but I guess it's better to get it out of the way early and it'll give the young fellas a chance to, to march the, the boys around the park. I honestly don't know. I've picked Canberra to win, and I think they'll they'll get there. They'll probably be a, they'll be slightly more clinical probably than than the Roosters at this point of the year. The Roosters are a, a new ensemble as well, so you know a bunch of young halves as we say playing against each other, <laughs> and it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. I think there'll be some points in this one, Brooksy. The selection that of interest for me was that Trent Robinson, great coach as he is, Daniel Tupo's back at the. Expense of the guy that scored both their tries against the Rabbitohs, Joe Burgess. 
I don't know what he's trying to do here, but um, I, I would probably prefer to have a guy that scored a try in my team this season. You know, like no one scored a try for the Roosters in the seventeen hey, at the moment. He scored a double Brooksy. He looked okay under the high ball. I'd probably be leaning towards the other bloke, Sean Kenny Dow, to be honest. But Tupo's back. He's solid. We know that. He's very tall. And, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be up to the halves again, Hastings. And uh, if they play a, a settled brand of football like we know they can, they're a big chance. But I think they're just a bit of a loose unit at the moment. Yeah. Well, you look at the – I think, again, this is another good forward pack battle, as we mentioned on th- oh, for huge. the Thursday night – as with the Thursday night game. Yeah. With – Kane Evans, Napa against Boyd and Noor Salah, an ex-Brewster. Here, this is the guy, and we talked about it, Aiden Guerra. I want to see him step up. I want to see him lead that pack. I don't think any of the forwards for the Roosters last week got 100 metres, and they need to get this. This is going to be a really big challenge for them. Getting into that Raiders pack, getting over the advantage line, is something that they didn't do well. And look, Aiden Guerra, he's an origin player. You've got Napa and Evans, young props. He needs to get involved a bit more. Tugiaho was really good off the bench last week. I think he's going to be an X factor for them, just like Soliola is for the Raiders. I think, again, this is going to be a good grinding match that uh, fans can settle in on Saturday to start with. Saturday evening, Brooksy, 5.30pm from ANZ Stadium. South Sydney coming off a huge win against Newcastle Knights, who had a pretty disappointing loss to the Titans. Historically, recently, the Knights do not fare well against the Rabbitohs, and they're in for a tough one this this Saturday night. Brownie's acting with some team selections. Yeah, Souths have won the last five, Schnaz, going back to 2012. Interesting to note, you look at the big league, there's two Nathan Browns. It's not the same person. <laughs> Nathan Brown on the bench for the Rabbitohs is... Quite a lot younger than he, the Newcastle coach. But, yeah, that, that was a talking point during the week. Nathan Brown and his selections, again, he's, he's put Cade Snowden in jersey number 21. He obviously brought him off early uh, in the Titans' loss. And, and Souths, well, they're coming off that big win against the Roosters. They've lost two big players as well, uh, as we mentioned with the Raiders. So they've lost Adam Reynolds and John Sutton. And they'll be replaced by two guys coming back from suspension in Luke Keary and George Burgess. So, yeah, they're big losses, but they're big gains to throw back into the club. Luke Keary, you know, the halves combine really well. He's going to be under pressure to play well whilst uh, replacing, obviously, Reynolds in the halves and adding George Burgess, arguably their best prop Mm. or, hey, best forward from 2015 Mm. into that team. You know, John Sutton's a key figure. But um, it's a great, great swap there in terms of replacing players. They can't slip up here. I think this is a chance where they should be really working on some for and against. Yep. Uh, it seems as though the Knights are trying to still work out who their team is. Uh, they've got some positions that are locked down, obviously, the halves, some of the forwards, some of the backs. But still, there's, there's a bit of indecision. And, and that's there to be sh- – that's, that's out on the table. Brownie, we've mentioned – has put that out on the table. So who knows? That could actually create some standout performances. But Schnaz, I can't see much more than a South victory here. What do you think? Oh, 100% agree. And I think the Knights will do well just to be competitive. And it'll be a victory in itself if they if they can lose by two to eight points and put in a strong, a strong performance. It's a footy game. Anyone can win it. You've got to say South's a strong favourite. It's just on Nathan Brown. 
I never thought of him as a coach that I'd love at my club, but I have to say I respect the way he's handling the transition of players. At the moment, from what we know, he's doing it with a lot of respect. There's no caddy media kind of talk. Uh, it's all in-house, which is how it should be. And I, for one, don't believe that a rugby league team has to be 1-17 to every week, all year, no matter what the form is like. I know you have a limited squad of 25 to 30 players, but most positions should be up for competition if you have people pushing for them. And it seems like the Knights have some younger people coming through. Some of the older guys are maybe taking their position for granted. Maybe it's just a little bit of a warning. Maybe Snowden might start next week if he if he plays this week and plays good or if he plays lower grades and plays good. But I like the fact that no one is really safe. I, I have no problem with that at all. And again, respect for him for at the moment at least keeping it in-house. Brooksy, no matter what fans write on Facebook and on forums... We know for a fact that every team goes out there and tries to win, no matter what the situation is. So if a team has won two games all year and they're playing the best team in the comp in round 26, they're still going out there to win. They're not going out there to lose. And anyone who thinks anything different is just a moron, and I'm sorry to say that, but the the Knights have a chance. Of course they do. We're not talking them down. Everything suggests to us that South will have a comfortable win. We'd probably like to see it the other way, you know, just for a bit of... A bit of difference. So, a fascinating clash in the sense that the young kids really need to start gelling together for Newcastle. And the South guys, if they take it easy, look out. Brooksy, Saturday night, Western Sydney, Parramatta Stadium. They call it Pertech. The Parramatta Eels play the Premiers in North Queensland Cowboys. The Eels were solid in their loss last week to Brisbane. It wasn't a disastrous loss. They, there was some promise there. Foreign... Maybe back. Norman may be back, which will lift yep. them immensely. And the Cowboys are coming down in pretty good form. So it's going to be a good clash out at Parramatta. Yeah. what a, As we've touched on before, what a start to the season for the Eels in terms of opposition. Broncos into Cowboys. Thank you very much, NRL draw creators. <laughs> <laughs> but look, you touched on it yet last week. Norman obviously didn't play the second half. Foreign didn't play the game. And they looked, they looked exciting in the first half. But when those two guys weren't there in the second half, obviously, it, it, they didn't score any points. They, you know, they didn't look like. I, I, apart from Jennings nearly scoring, they didn't really have too much there. And this is going to be totally different now. Norman's going to have the option of foreign being there. You saw Luke Kelly last week get into a few moments where, you know, he was the man. He was the man trying to guide the team around, and it just didn't work. And this is going to be exciting for Eels fans having their halves combination finally together and hopefully Kieran Foran is cleared to play. Uh, Eels fans will be thinking about last time the Cowboys came to town where they threw away that four converted try lead to lose 36 mm. to 30, which was really like the spearhead for the Cowboys um, into the back end of the season. Like mm. having the ability to say, hey, we can come back from four converted tries and win a game, that that was huge. And it was Thurston and Cooper combining down that left side. I can't see them not trying to do that again. It worked so well. And yeah, I think that was an issue for the Eels, right, last Thursday where Corey Oates and... and um, and either Jordan Kahu or Alex Glenn really benefited from that from that side. So, look, I, I think it's it's going to play out the same way. But look, it's going to be an interesting clash. There's a few new heads in there for the Eels. 
Obviously, the Cowboys are putting out the same 17 as they did in the grand final. Oh, it's getting World boring, Club Series round one. It's getting boring. Give some of the young guys a go. We've got that guy over in Holden Cup, Gideon Mosby. Yeah. Get, get him on the wing. Like, it would be great to see. No, look, if they're playing well, if they're getting wins, and there's no need to change. No. Uh, there might be, you know, the occasional niggling injuries, but... You know, like they're, they're putting in another another solid team. I see the Cowboys winning this. Uh, it'd be great. I, I think it'll be close. I think the Eels have put in a strong performance. There's a lot of talk off the field with regards to the Eels. It's probably an episode in itself, mm. touching on all that. I'm going to say this, Brooksy. Parramatta at home, decent crowd, and a fully fit team. Oh, they're going to go pretty close, this. mate. Oh, I thought close. you were going to predict an upset. Well, I don't know if I'm that brave. But I think once they play together a little bit more, they'd be a definite chance. I think the Cowboys will be too slick this week. Trey must score. Willie, oh, what a tackle. Ben Barber. Nathan, Brooksy, Brooks, whatever you want to be called, I call you Dragon Boy this week. It's Derby week, the greatest week in the world for you and I, particularly me because I'm at home this week. Cronulla Sharks, the mighty Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, Play the dirty St. George Illawarra Dragons, as I call them, or your beloved St. George Illawarra Dragons, however you want to put it. Always a great contest. Local derby, all just aside, it's a fascinating, wonderful, brutal occasion for the fans, for the players, for the clubs. The biggest week, I reckon, for the Sharks at least. And I'm looking forward to it, buddy. Yeah, it's great. It's the one game of the year that the Sharks get a decent crowd. So. Obviously, all the Dragons fans turning up. It's not too far away. And, and it's great to be able to support your club in that sort of way, putting uh, bums on seats, money through the turnstiles, et cetera, et cetera. For the uninitiated, that's what we call a Derby Week jibe. Brooksy just got <laughs> one in and full credit to you, my man. You look at the head-to-head, Schnaz, and we did touch on it. It's been going back and forth since 99. 18 to the merged Dragons, 17 to the Sharks, and one draw. So... If you guys get the win, it's all even Stevens now. So of late, of late, Brooksy, the Sharks are only four of fourteen. So there's a little bit of a story in those close stats that you read out. Obviously, last year they played two games. The home team took them both, took both wins quite mm-hmm. convincingly too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We attended the Jubilee Oval thumping. Oh, what a great afternoon that was! Oh, it was great. Yeah. I, the Dragon scoreboard, the, the guy was reaching for the three for the first time ever. Hang on a second. The guy, <laughs> you're talking about NRL official Jason Robertson being the guy. No, nah, he'll be in the bunker this week. Oh, so will he? Oh, which is actually a good position to be in. Is he actually there? No, he's, he's not. He's the oh, God, that would have been good. It's Steve Chitty and Ben Galea, just wow. for everyone uh, keeping tabs with that. If Jason Robinson was in the bunker for that, that could have been great. That could have been a show in itself. Put that in with the Bellamy show. That would have been great. A Dragons guy making decisions in the bunker. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's going to be a good game. Uh, I, I can't wait for it. Unfortunately, I won't be able to attend. Mm. But you'll be there, Schnaz. I will be there. Try and keep me away. Look, the big thing for me, both teams seem relatively unchanged in the starting lineups. I think there's a few changes for you guys on the bench. Beal and Paulo come onto the bench. Well, uh, you know, the Sharks are without Gallon and Hyington, so they're missing a few forwards. And How can I miss Gallon? That's the big starting. The big great gal. So Jason Bakuya on the back of some good form in the trials in round one. He's starting at lock and hopefully will play most of the game, which is 
where he sort of belongs. They've named Gerard Bill on a four-man bench, but I've had a little bit of a whisper that that's not going to happen and that Jesse St. Lafayette will pop onto that bench for a bit of size and impact. So the Sharks should be carrying four forwards like most normal teams would. One thing that came to my attention with the game on Monday for the Dragons against the Storm was uh, Dugues in the centres. Mm. Like, it wasn't pretty, Brooksy. No, he... He was involved. They did go down that side in two of their tries, the Storm. One off the scrum. Remember when he was caught one-on-one with Corabetti? That was Remember, that was pretty I'm bad. visualizing Fecky, Barber, even a switch with Valentine doing the same thing on Sunday, my friend. If Flano didn't go out there and have oh. a sniff, it oh. would. his job should be on the line. It was clearly a point, and again, Bellamy... He, he worked over that left side quite well throughout the game. They yep. got rewards for doing so. And I can't see the Sharks um, not trying to go down that way. But, yeah, the Dragons' performance was good. I think yep. they're going to be, you know, in. I, I remember in previous derbies, not so much the one at Cogra, but the forward pack of the Sharks really dominated the Dragons in those games. But now with Russell Packer, obviously, Leeson Armow and Mike Cooper coming off really good seasons. They've got Louis and Havili off the bench coming chiming in. I, I hope they start dominating I the forward pack battle. I think it's their chance this derby to definitely, as well. definitely win that clash this week, Brooksy. It's a, it's a very realistic opportunity for them. Uh, Packer was really great last week, and he's a huge man. And he's hard to stop. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about the forward situation, actually. So it'll be... It's going to be a good clash. Hopefully the Sharkies are up for it. I know there's going to be a huge crowd there, mostly Sharks fans, I might add, to your jibe before. It's almost a sellout, mostly just through members. Hey, record number of members for the Sharks this year. Hey, keep it for the Shark cast. Yeah, all right, all right. That's that's another jibe. But yeah, it's going to be great. Can't wait, Brooksy. Good luck to you. Good luck to us. But hey, one of us is going to be 0-2 this time next week. Well, don't discount the draw, my friend. Don't discount the draw. I, it could be. Flano, Flano might want the draw. Maybe, you know, he's, he's got that thing going. We say it every week. But, mm-hmm. look, Mary wants a win. Mary's going to take a win or a loss as long as they play well. None of this draw crap. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm confident in the attack the Dragons showed in round one against the Storm. I, I think they're going to improve this year in terms of that. And, yeah, it's going to be a great game. I can't wait to watch it on TV. Sunday evening to round off what should be a great day of rugby league on Sunday, Nathan Brooks. We have the Storm v. the Titans at Amy Park. Now, time's gone by. This would be a clear-cut, massive win to the Storm. But we've got to say, the Titans, who we got a little bit of a soft spot for this year, they played really good last week, albeit against a not-great opposition. But in the rain, they played some good attacking football. It, it's hard. It's hard to gauge. Like we're only going off one game. Yeah. But look, once they're in there, once the kick, once it's kick off, it's going to be batting down the hatches. Here come the storm. Like they're going to have to really step up for the full eighty minutes here. Yeah. They they committed a lot of errors last week. I know it was wet, but they can't give up that ball against the the storm. I think the dragons only conceded like six errors last week. Um, against the Storm and still lost the game. So the ball handling is going to be crucial and they're going to have to take their opportunities when they present themselves. The Dragons didn't do that. They lost. The Storm down there, very formidable side. You don't, you rarely go down there and take the two points away from them in recent seasons. So, But look, this, the Titans have 
started very well against the Storm in recent years. And, and that's the thing. It seems as though they can, they can provide a first half or provide a 50, 60-minute window. It's just trying to stay ahead and trying to make sure that they do everything well in the back end of the game. And that's, that's possibly going to be harder against the Storm now with the limited interchanges. But yeah. they've got some X factors. Yeah. As we saw, actually, Taylor was really good. He had, he had both his uh, tries this last week for, were from kicks. That's something the Dragons really targeted Tonamapea and Corabetti. Maybe they can do those, he can get those cross kicks going for Anthony Don and John Olive and Nathan Davis. Like, that could be Nathan the way. Nathan Davis was around great him. again. Brooksy, our boy Nathan yeah. Davis, he was yeah. great. Anthony Don scored a wonderful solo try. I think if all these players play to their potential, that they're going to be competitive every week. And you never know. Like, if it's a close game, you never know what can happen. Their forwards are really great. Parsi, who we've got a, another soft spot for, he was wonderful last week, scored a try. And Greg Bird, who many had written off as, you know, a player of yesteryear, he had a very strong game. He did. He was probably one of the best performers of the round. I, was, I, was, I caught a bit of NRL 360 last night, and Kevy Walters gave him the three points. Mm-hmm. He, he thought he was the best. And it was funny because it was Kevin Walters and Laurie Daly on the show, Schnaz, and Kevy was like, on, like thinking that, yeah, this is going to be someone that I'll be going up against in origin, you know, if he keeps performing to that ability throughout the first few months of the season. Sure. But Laurie came out and and pretty much said that he was a certainty. It was quite interesting. I He said he was a certainty. Yeah, he pretty much did. He said, I'll make the same statement Kevy did. I might guarantee him his position in the 17, Daly said a bird. Oof. He did say might, but like, that's a good that that's a good guide to say that, you know, he's going to be there. It's now, Brooksy. Tell me, you're a man who likes a team picked on form, not on past favourites. Clearly, like with the depth that the New South Wales have, it's hard. Like there is, there is an argument to say yes, we need someone that has played Origin before, mm-hmm. and he has done that. He's mm-hmm. played quite a few Origins. I think he's racked up about 15 games. He's done well too. More, yeah, 15 games. And played well. You know, Queensland obviously have dominated the, the past decade yeah. and it is good to have those experienced players. But to come out and say that, you know, he, he might, I might guarantee him his position is, you know, after one week, it's a bit concerning for me with how many players could be in, in line for that role. Kevy sort of set him up there. I think it was a nice little, uh, <laughs> nice little way to sort of bounce it off uh, Loz and go, oh, yeah, he's really good and make a statement for him. Maybe he's already picking him apart and knowing Greg Bird's weaknesses and go, yeah, pick him, pick him, Loz, pick him, pick him. Yes. All right. Sweet. <laughs> and it is, this is the thing. It's always the way. And you know, working in the stats department with uh, the journalists that we work with, Origin is on the mind even pri- prior to round oh, The punters who aren't exposed to that side of the, the business, shall we say, the media are obsessed with State of Origin, probably because it pays a lot of bills and, and it has such a a part in the rugby league world now, but I can confirm that Nathan, that they make origin inquiries and, and, and inquiries about stats to guys who might make origin, etc. from before round one. It's crazy. And, and I don't honestly understand it, but that's just my take on origin. But I want to see how these Titans go this Sunday night, Brooksy. Uh, let's see if they can have two good performances in a row, get some consistency. Neil Henry's a pretty good coach. So 
he'll be working hard to uh, to try and get one over Craig Bellamy. If there's any game that you want to talk origin, particularly with Greg Bird, this is it. You've got potentially mm. the fullback, halfback, and hooker for Queensland guiding a team around the park with Greg Bird there, he can really make a statement here. Whether it's the right decision or not from Daly's perspective, he needs to back up his round one performance and do the same here. Hey, and if the Titans are 2-0 after this, he definitely has to be in the conversation. I, I don't doubt that. But yeah, to come out already after playing the Knights who are trying to somewhat form some sort of a 17-man squad to put out there on a week-to-week basis in the rain, Oh, at home, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit critical of, of what Laurie said. I know he didn't guarantee him. He said I might guarantee him his mm. position. This is, this is one of the games he needs to perform in to, to lock that down. So look, I, I want to, oh, I, I want to go Brooksy. out and say Do there's it. an upset on the cards here. Do it, but I cannot say that oh. with confidence. <laughs> you nearly had me after what I saw in the storm on Monday night. Brooksy, I'm going to make a bold statement here. Origin rounds aside, yeah. I think the Storm are going to be undefeated at home. Let's leave it. Oh. Wow. That's a huge statement from uh, Schnaz. That's what I'm thinking. Saying. That's what I'm thinking. One game. And we were knocking Laurie for making a decision off one performance. Hey, I'm not, I'm not Origin <laughs> coach, buddy. I can say what I want. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah. Well, well respond. Great, great return of serve there, Schnaz. It's Sunday night. Whack on the roast. Get in front of it. Oh, and speaking of the roast, how good was Vossi's show on th- Sunday afternoon with yeah. Johnny Gibbs? Yeah, it was Gaz. great. It was great. Vossi is the perfect Sunday afternoon slash evening host. So laid back, so fun. I say laid back, but he's got a lot of energy in his delivery. But oh, I love him. You know that. I know you love him too. And I don't know. Let's try and get him on the podcast soon, Brooks. Let's have a chat to Vossi because I want to know what's going on in that brain of his. He's just. He's just a wonderful, wonderful caller, and and I think he's really found his niche in the entertainment world. Yeah, so Sunday, uh, look, we work for the company. I'm going to plug it. I don't care. Fox Sports, 3.30, Sunday ticket, into the derby at 4. Then shortly after, we'll obviously be Vossi and Gibbsy probably giving it to Gaz about the loss to the Sharks, if that happens, into the Storm Titans. What a Sunday night. That's perfect, and you put the roast on, put a brisket on, whatever. <laughs> You're gonna have an awesome Sunday to finish off the weekend there. I'm loving, uh, I'm loving your cooking ideas. Ah, oh, roast brisket. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's nothing, gonna be my side podcast. There's gonna be a little uh, cooking. It's uh, based off like an Anthony Anthony Bourdain food safari type show where you go. I'm gonna go around to people's kitchens unannounced mm. and. People cook for me. I think that I think that's got some legs, mate. I'll send you my address. <laughs> Rounding out NRL round two, 2016, we have at Leichhardt Oval, the West Tigers coming off a pretty good win against Manly, who were very, very disappointing. Uh, the expectation was high. Maybe it was too high. Maybe it was built up too much over summer. But they were pretty disappointing at Brookvale, a game you're at, a game we've discussed already. West Tigers were wonderful in that first half. Second half, a little bit shaky. But it's going to be great to see Luke Brooks back in the number seven jersey. And I think that the Tigers might get this one, Brooksy. 
Well, Manly have changed up their tact in terms of the forward pack. They've brought back Josh Starling and Brenton Lawrence into the 17. Brenton Lawrence, he's finally there. Shnaz, get him into well, your teams, boys. Maybe, maybe I might he, change my tip now. I know that. <laughs> and uh, Nathan Green drops from the back row to the bench. So they're going big against the Tigers. Yeah. And that pack is formidable. Jake Travojevic is going to be at lock. So they're... Yeah. They're throwing down Travojevic to Powell, Brown, Miles, Coruscant, Starling, and then bringing Lawrence Purcell, Vave off the bench and Nathan Green. Sorry. Yeah, that's pretty. So, that's a pretty good pack. I watched Vave in the Sharks trial, and he was he was looking slimmer than he ever has, and he he had a lot of go forward. If they can get some movement off the back of that go forward, they're they're a real chance this week, Manly. I didn't realize those changes were so uh, significant. But having said that, I mean, the West Tigers' first half was great. I guess all that stuff may not stick this week should they try it again. But it's going to be a good clash. It's got a good clash written all over it, Brooksy. The Travojevic's were one and two in terms of run meters for the Eagles. So they've actually turned into a quite – they've turned into an important part of the puzzle there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could tell even when they were playing lower grades – the way they carried themselves on and off the field and the way they play the game, I think they're lifers, man. Maybe not for Manly, yeah. but I think they're lifers in the NRL. I think they're going to have good, good careers, both of them. They're both very, very uh, talented in their very different roles. Look, we've talked about the Eagles and, and how you know it's going to be a rough start. And I think this is an opportunity to maybe sneak a win. And the Tigers are going to be confident after the Warriors game, but... I think Manly, in terms of their defence, is probably a better team um, than what the Warriors are at the moment. Uh, yes, they did let in a few tries, but it was on the back of some silly errors in their own half. Mm. So I think Barrett, he's had a week to work out what's going on with the squad at the moment. I think they're going to go in and, and try and really give it to the Tigers there, obviously with the, the forward pack selections. Tigers still at hooker. They've got Dean Hallitow there, which will be interesting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a big game. And I'm actually excited for the Tedesco v. Travojevic at fullback. Yeah. Um, it's, been a, it's been a crazy start of the year, Brooksy, already. It, it feels like we're in week four. I'm, I'm almost drained by rugby league, but in a good way, not a bad way. Yeah. It's, it, and we've been talking up a lot of the preseason as well, and that's why it's, it's only just started. Mm. I think you know the fan. A lot of fan groups are going to go through ebbs and flows early on in the season. Like they'll have a yeah. good win in round one, and yeah. then you know might be brought back to reality in round two, and vice versa. Yeah, some good teams that had bad starts. Let's let's give a shout out to those fan groups and let them be aware that the media is going to either praise or roast your team. I mean, I don't want to make this about a Cronulla thing, but last year they were zero and four. And they were talking about moving them to Istanbul to play. And now, then they went on and they made the finals week two. So don't be a sucker and fall for all that woe is me, doom and gloom from the media. I mean, if you genuinely feel that, please do. Please look into it yourself, analyze it yourself. But don't be a sucker for all these kind of media politics. And they want to bring you down, those people. And I hate to say it, but it's the absolute truth. I saw a few stats out there. I, I... I can't remember them. I can't mm. remember exactly what they were, but it was mm. like 
if you conceded 34 points yeah. in round one, yeah. you are most likely not going to make the finals. And, you should, and you should move and play in Istanbul. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's Look, at the end of the day, it's, that's a season. It's going to ebb and flow. And, yeah, there is some stats that do, like, you know, have good, uh, bad history mm, behind them. Absolutely. But, that's all that all that's all it is and this is where teams can really work out you know from a big loss to start with what their team landscape's going to be for the remaining 23 games of the season so yeah. look, i'm hoping brooksy that the year pans out where no one really has a really diabolical season i'm hoping that most yeah. teams are kind of giving a good shake because yeah. it's so it's so negative to have a team winning like you know six games in the whole year it's just it's not good for anyone There'll be a few games out there where it's a team that's won against a team that's lost in round one. It'll be interesting to see how those matchups go. Yep. Whether it be, you know, that a lot of teams go to two and oh and oh and two, or whether there'll be a lot on one and one. So let's see. It could it could very much even up after just a few of those games this week. So let's see. I'm excited for it. Brooksy, it's been my pleasure as always to discuss rugby league with you out of the workplace. We're not in the workplace. Everyone listening, we're not in the workplace. <laughs> and bring this podcast to life. It's my pleasure. It's my honor, in fact. I'm not even mucking around here. I have such a good time doing it with you. You're a wise man. You're a great man. You're a lovely man. Can someone please write to this guy about House of Cards? Tweet him. He's got 1,400 different accounts. Tweet him. Please, just something. Just a word, maybe a couple of words. A sentence would be great. Nev. Just something. Hashtag <laughs> Nev. Obviously, we're on social media. We're on Twitter, at League Life NRL. Send in anything you want. Talk about your team. Talk about the other teams in the league, players, your, your relationship, whatever you want to do. We're on Instagram now, at the same handle, at League Life NRL. And we're on Facebook, The League Life with Brooksy and Schnaz. So get in all your comments, your posts, anything funny you've seen through the weekend. I've seen some funny photos already from round one. It's been great. But Schnaz, thanks very much for your time. I will, Jerry, see you, see you. I can't believe I'm saying this, but good luck in the derby. Well, I wish I could say the same for you. We need the win. Go Dragons. Wow. Hashtag (laughs) wow. And Marcus, bye for now. 